Blog Talk Radio. show and I apologize to our audience we have our guests on Ray and Whitney I'm sorry Rye and Whitney please note it's Rye and Whitney I must apologize for our technical breakdowns our phone breakdowns this has never happened before we thank Rye and Whitney and uh, Rain Pryor uh, for having their patience with us today and I mean it has taken patience and I'm laughing because if I don't laugh I will literally cry I am going to bring on Jay Logan right now. Jay, you know we're transparent. How are you? We've got Ryan and Whitney before I bring them on. You're getting a call for your daughter from school. Your phone's breaking down. <laughs> we have to laugh, and we have to be so grateful that our guests were so patient with us and that our other business wow. partner, Alice Liu, was patient with us. I mean, yes. this has been a day. <laughs> And um, what we just heard was No Worries, Step Clap. And I am so glad I heard that song to start out with because, (laughs) like I said, you know, well, you know, we have Rye and Whitney coming on, and I just want to bring them right on in because they have been so kind and patient waiting with us. So without further ado and two different links later that we had to give them, and thank you, Alice, our partner, for, you know, running with us on this because she's at home recuperating. So here we go. Rye and Whitney, before we even start, we have to say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you thank for you. having us. How y'all doing? Well, okay. you know, it started off Thanks. pretty good. <laughs> and I dropped my computer and my phone in the storm with all the mm-hmm. water on Wednesday. So I had nothing, mm-hmm. and then we were called into the UN. So it's it's. I have to laugh, Rye and Whitney, because you know having both of you on, and then having Rain Pryor on, and having to, you know, create two different shows because we're having breakdowns. With I mean, just, it seems like online is having breakdowns. I mean, this is just kind of embarrassing, but we're transparent, so we're just being yeah. real about it. We just want to say thank you. You are very welcome. welcome. Thank you for having us on today. And uh, you we know, to encourage you, I think, 
I think things happen to test your endurance and test your character, you know. And sometimes it's stuff that we can't control, but we still have the opportunity to see the bigger picture in it all. And so I'm I'm grateful that you guys are still pushing forward, even with the difficulties and challenges that you've recently experienced. Well, thank you for being understanding. And it is very true. You know, not everyone, you know, not everyone will run with you like this. I mean, we've been very, you know, uh, I will share with you that we had, um, I think it was either former President Clinton or someone on the on the on the uh, radio show one day, and he just ran with us, and we couldn't believe the breakdowns we were having. And I and it's it's so mm-hmm. funny the times that it comes, you know. So uh, Ryan Whitney, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my. Uh, co-partner and co-host, uh, Jay Logan. Jay, this is Ryan Whitney. Hi, Hi Ryan Whitney. Hey, Jay. <laughs> How you doing? Yes, yes, yes. I, it's going, well, I think it's better now since we've got you guys on the on, on the show. So I think everything's going to just go full, uh, positively ahead. I really believe that. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So we're going to get right into the show, Ryan Whitney. And what we always ask our guests is, don't you know? We ask a question. If you could tailor your answer to that, so you don't give all the goodies away, and then we run out of everything before the end. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So, and you know, we want y'all to have a good time. Okay. We really want y'all to sit back, have a good time, and enjoy yourselves. Really, because um, what we like Thank to you. do is have a show that gets created. That really is mm-hmm. about connecting with you all, and that you know what you might think is everyday occurrences, Ryan Whitney. For other people, they're not, and right. they can gain so much from what you share today. So, you know, I'm going to do what we did with uh, Rain, which usually we start from the beginning, but I want to start from the now today, if that's okay with you guys. And yeah. one of the, one of those things is, you know, you are a married couple, okay, in the music mm-hmm. industry, and you're yes. successful, <laughs> and and you've been through the ups and downs of it all, okay? So you've seen the, you know, the riding of the waves and the going down. You back up, you backed up Ed Sheeran, I believe. You backed up Alicia Keys, mm-hmm. and, you know, we could keep going, okay? And um, what I want to ask you first is, and I think this is something a lot of people want, rather than going into the music industry of it all, you're a married couple, okay? You're working with Mm -hmm. each other every day. You are writing together. Mm -hmm. And a lot of of times when people spend that much time together, they can get tired of each other. Whether they're the best of friends or not, you know, that you guys, you know, know, it's like a ride or die thing. So can you share (laughs) with our audience, both of you, how you create that to work and what you do when you realize that as much as you love each other, enjoy each other and being around one another, what you both do to have space in your relationship, whether it's hanging out with friends or what do you do so that you keep this working the way you have it? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, we are going on our eighth year of marriage. Yes, it's August. And um, friendship has definitely been a very important component of our relationship. That's how we began our relationship before we even started dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's a matter of maintaining that friendship. So for me, you know, although we spend a lot of time together, um, we find ways so that we can separate. So even if it's me going into a different room while we're working on things, as much as I love being around her, I know that that absence is important. 
And so even if I'm in the living room while she's in the kitchen or in the bedroom, there is some separation that we try to provide each other so that we can miss each other, so that we won't become so familiar because it's so easy to take your friend for granted when you're always around them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's important for you to remain friends, but you also have to be more than friends in a marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're learning and trying to balance. Even in this day, we have so many projects that we're working on. There's so much that we have to collaborate on and talk about, but we also have to give ourselves space. I have to, be, I have to give myself space just to be me. Mm-hmm. so that I can truly be the husband that she needs. I have to give myself space to um, pray and read and get my mind in, the, in a proper space so that I can cover her the way she needs to be covered. Yeah, I think that um, the individual time we have with our own devotionals and prayer time is one of the most important separate moments we had um, that helps us when we're together and helps us um remind us that our identity is in Christ and that we are two individuals um, that are united. We're not the same, but we're not supposed to be, and that's what helps us. Um, It's very important for us to have very healthy friendships as well. Um, I know a lot of married couples, you know, the the husband will go on guy trips and the wife will go on the um, girls' trips. Um, But we are definitely building, and we're in such a transition right now, there have been some really tough decisions even in our personal circle where we've had to, like, let a few people go because we're just transitioning in life. And you have to be um, very aware of who you are and where you're going and to know how to um, connect yourself with people that will affirm you and also, um, you know, put into you people that are adding to you and not just, draining you. And you have to also be aware of who, where you are in the relationship. If God wants you to be um, a mother-like figure or just a sister-like figure or just a mentor or be a, a best friend. And I think we're gaining more clarity on that in 2018. Uh, 2017 definitely gave us some um, shine light on a lot of different things. So transitioning into 2018, we're definitely cultivating um, our personal circles so that we can have moments that we feel that are, you know, the guy's trip and the girl's trip, but we feel like it's actually going to add to us. So right now, the uh, the individual moments that are adding to us, that's adding to, adding to us the most is our separate time and devotional and prayer. Wow. Wow. Well, I know that Mr. Logan has a question for you. Okay. Yes, I Yes, I do. Now, I, I um, just want to get to the nitty-gritty. You know, this is wonderful. I want to know, how did you guys meet? We met nearly 15, 16 years ago um, in Champaign, Illinois. I joined a singing group, Cynthia Turner and Heartspeak, that Whitney was a member of. And we became friends through the gift of music. We would travel together to different performances, um, singing with the group, and we would be on the bus just singing and um, expressing our love for different artists and finding out that we had similar interests and different music. And it just really became a genuine friendship. It wasn't a romantic or intimate thing until years later. We really really were like brother and sister. (laughs) Wow, 15 years, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, that, you know, that's really interesting, Jay, that you would say that, Rye, because, you know, you know, I heard Whitney say something, too. Um, you know, 
being in this industry is, and as you both know, is very hard. Okay, it's very, mm-hmm. it, it's it's worth it, but it's 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 like any journey in any career. You know what I mean? You're, it's almost mm-hmm. like you are your own business. You are really your own business. It's yeah. not like you know sure. you you have the sec secretary there. I'm sorry, Whitney, you were going to say something? No, I said sure, for sure. I was agreeing. Oh, so, you know, when when people hear the music industry and they hear two people like yourself, you know, they think, oh, well, you know, they've got it good because, you know, they think as soon as they hear about Rye and Whitney, they probably just hopped off the bus and was able to just, you know, do this backup singing for these major stars and, you know, they're probably making millions and things like that. That's what a lot of people assume, okay? Mm-hmm. And I heard, so I have a twofold question. Given that, you know, how you both met each other and you were like sister and brother, okay? Mm-hmm. Working together in the industry, moving together in the industry, and seeing how the industry was working then, okay? And then transitioning mm-hmm. into marriage, Okay. I want to understand what that journey was like, being in this music industry, knowing how hard it can be, transitioning from, like, you know, brother and sister and then finding yourself like, oh, wow, I'm in love, you know, we're in love with each other from a different aspect, and then having to, Mm -hmm. you know, transition that part of your relationship with the movement of moving forward in the industry, if that's clear. Got you. Well, when we when we again when we first met, we were just friends. When I moved to New York in 2006, that was the year that we actually started dating. And um, when Whitney moved into in New York in 2007, and we began to tour professionally, we didn't tour together initially. She was she was touring with Alicia Keys um, from 2007 to 2010 before I even started working with her with that. And I was touring with other people as well. So we actually had to have had to figure out how to make a long distance relationship work while we were together because we would literally be wow. in different countries emailing each other, trying to keep up and that was this was before FaceTime was popping and Skype and all these incredible technologies that allow you to text, you know, while you're in a different country. Email was our primary source and form of communication. So we would catch each other up and we actually begin to find a rhythm with that. So wow. when we actually started working together was two weeks before we got married. And we what? began to work together. Exactly. Two weeks before we got married in 2010 was the first time we worked together as supporting vocalists um, for Estelle. And that was a change for us because we were used to being apart. We were used to sharing our different journeys, our different experiences, and so it was like, so now we're going to have the same experiences. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> what are we going to, um, you know, what, I don't have anything exciting to share with you because you're experiencing it with me. So that was even the start of us finding ways to enjoy each other while we're still in each other's presence and not take each other for granted. Yeah, and I think for me Jay, I, it was – go ahead. No, no, please. I want to hear I, – I was just going to oh, ask um, you from your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when we, when I was working with Alicia, well, in 2010, we started working with Estelle. Um, We got married the same year Alicia and Swiss got married in 2010. So my tour was cut short, and I was able to join Rye with Estelle. Um, And then when Alicia got started back up, um, 
she kept me as her supporting vocalist, and her team was like, Alicia heard that you sing with your husband, and she trusts your judgment, and she wants to keep you on the tour. If you don't mind, you know, she wants to bring him on too. And then I was just like, uh, okay. Like, I was excited and, like, concerned <laughs> at the same time because I'm like, first of all, I'm the only child, and I absolutely am okay with being by myself. Um, and although it was challenging to have a long-distance relationship because we only had email, and, I mean, think about us being in, in different countries at different times, the time zone was crazy. So he might email me at 3 a.m. while I'm asleep, and then I wake up and email him at 1 p.m., but then it's like 3 a.m. where he's at and he's asleep. So it was almost like we were kind of missing each other, but 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 we weren't. We were able to read each other's messages but not really talk in real time. Um, and then I get this opportunity for him to be with me all the time, and I'm like, this is exciting, but do I really want to be with him all the time? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I was like, yeah, let's. I, I just told them, I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. And they were like, you sure? I'm like, yeah. And then they were like, do you guys want separate hotel rooms? Or do you want the same hotel room? I'm like, well, we're married, so we can have the same hotel room. I'm like, I don't, I don't even want to put energy towards sleeping separately. Like, and they were like, okay, we just have to ask. You know, you just never know. You know, just let us know if you want two separate rooms. It's cool. I'm like, no, we can get the same room. So, um, we started working with Alicia in 2012 uh, together, and it actually shifted from me being concerned to my preference. Um, wow. Working with Alicia wow. and a lot of other, I've worked with a lot of other people as well outside of Alicia, and I've worked with a lot of different supporting vocalists. And I must say it's a preference to work with my husband because we both sharpen each other and push each other. Um, and some singers you work with are very talented, like they're amazing singers, but they're lazy. <laughs> and... Um, my husband and I are far from that. We really enjoy what we do, and we also look at what we do as ministry. Um, and so we, we do it under mm-hmm. God, so we like to do it with excellence. Um, we, 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 love the, we think it's important to take notes, pay attention to the detail, and we also call ourselves supporting vocalists instead of background singers because we feel it is our job to support and make sure that the artists feel supported. We're not the singers that just say, well, this is just my part. Um, I'm just going to learn my part, and that's it. We learn the entire song. We learn the sequence of it. We know when the horns come in, the drums come in, and we learn the, the lead parts as well. Like we're, we're, we do, we kind of go somewhat of the extra mile, and I was so relieved um, to work with somebody that saw, that saw the importance of that as well. So we were able to have a lot of fun with each other because we, were, we weren't, you know, we didn't feel like, I didn't feel like I had to push him to work as hard as I did, like we were pushing each other. Um, and so it became really fun. Like a lot of times we work with, you know, different people and you, you can't really have, you do what you can on stage, but you don't, sometimes you don't really enjoy it because you're not on the same page. And it's like I love right. being on the same page with my husband so then we could both give the artist the energy and support that they need and that the artist doesn't feel any dissension or negativity and we can really shine bright and, and God get the glory for real. And um, the frequency is even more pure when there's no dissension and the, the camaraderie is there, the harmony is there, the unity is there, um, the teamwork is there. Um, and you get more gigs that way. Like when people feel supported and they feel safe, um, and they feel like they can be free to do what they want to do in a live show, even if you didn't really practice it. You know, me and my husband, we flow. Um, we flow like we don't. We're not rigid singers. Um, 
So we're able to kind of just like, you know, do whatever they want us to do and, and, and try our, we're willing to try. That's what I said. We're willing to be flexible when things shift. And a lot of singers aren't. It's like if they didn't have two weeks to rehearse it, it's like don't ask them to do anything extra. And, you know, my you know, husband and I have been able to enjoy, being able to enjoy each other because we've been willing to go the extra mile and be flexible and always remaining teachable. So um, it has definitely become our preference. And I didn't think it would, but I had to get my own, um, my perception out of the way, you know, being an only child, feeling like, you know, having someone in my space all the time wouldn't allow me to be me. And then I couldn't do what I wanted to do, but that also sharpened and built our relationship, and it forced us to also forgive quicker because we were always in each other's presence. And so it wasn't we weren't able to let hmm. things, you know, go under the rug. <laughs> you know, when you're not around people, you can kind of, like, get away with stuff. If they can't see your facial expressions or body language and feel your energy because <laughs> they're not around you, then you can let some stuff fly. But because we were always there, God knew exactly what he was doing. He was like, I'm about to grow y'all up like never before. So I'm going to have y'all work with each other because there's some things in the both of y'all that y'all are going to bring out of each other in order to bring you guys closer so you can really represent me for real. Whitney, let me say something. Um, Jay, I know I'm jumping in again. Whitney, you just said about four or five things, and Jay will tell you. Yep. You just said about four or five things that, honey, yep. you and I, will, I, I can't wait to meet you and Ryan to sit down and have a conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. I told you, Ryan, I knew this was going to feel like it wasn't on the radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. This, Whitney, oh, yes. you have just, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Jay, you, you you go ahead, and then we have someone who has a question for Ryan oh. Whitney. Please go oh. ahead. Oh my God! Just, oh, Whitney, you yeah, said it all. Oh, you need to go speak. Oh, <laughs> you guys, you guys rock. Okay, you guys are soulmates. Hey, man. I, my question is, I just want to see. Did you have any idea, Ryan? Did you have any idea that you guys were friends 15 years ago, and you would marry this beautiful lady? And and I mean, did you have any idea? Are you guys just just you know, nah, she's okay. I'll, she's my friend. Did you see this coming? Did you foresee this? So, so here's the thing. When we were friends, she was like my best friend. She was like my homie. Like if I would have gotten married to somebody else, she would have been my best man. That's how close we were. (laughs) And I trusted her. She would have been my best man woman, my best woman man. I don't know. How would you say it? But I trusted her so um, intensely that when we were in church worshiping and God told me that she was my wife, Initially, I was kind of taken aback because that was my best friend, my friend, and I'm like, well, I hear what you're saying, but that's my friend. I love her, but that's my friend. Like, that's not my girl. And so when God continued to work on me and let me realize the importance of having a woman who not only loved me but loved him, and then not only was she a good person, but she wanted the best for herself and for me. And I always said to God, I said, I want to find my wife before I find success. I didn't really know what success quote-unquote, meant I just knew that I didn't want to worry that I had a mate who wanted me because of what I could do for her. But Whitney never made me believe or gave me a reason to believe that she was with me for what I could do for her. She loved me because she loved me. And that is what has been continuously cultivated and reinforced and reaffirmed on, on very different levels as our relationship has grown that gives me complete assurance that, I made the right choice. You know, this is so powerful, um, Ryan Whitney, because <clears throat> I mean, our, our caller is going to have to wait just a second. 
Whitney, <laughs> when I heard you speak about something, you know, it really touched me because, you know, uh, Jay and I have been in the music industry for many years, okay? And for me, being in the industry was an industry, as you expressed it. It, it, it you know, as a woman myself who's married, okay, um, I love the fact that my husband, you know, he speaks different languages. I can talk to him about different things. And do we have ups and downs? Of course we do. Um, but I can talk mm-hmm. to him about anything. And I knew that what was important for me, because I'm a woman who likes, I love what I do. And I love being on the go. And my grandmother used to say, unless you can find someone who can complement that and you both look in a mirror and you can look at each other and love each other and work together to create what you're creating, she always used to say to me, Gail, it would be best if you had someone who was more laid back and at home. And, you know, you never think you're going to listen to your grandmother, you know, because you think when you're younger, yeah. you know, they don't know anything. But the funny thing is, they, you know, sometimes our older, wise people can see what we can't see at the time. And I did mm-hmm. attract a husband who is, he likes the job that he does. He is a regular, you know, like when I say regular, I mean like he's an everyday guy. He stays at home. He's a homebody. My husband is happy if you give mm-hmm. him his food, his computer, and his Netflix. And the funny thing is, you know, like Rain Fire said early on the call before this, I love being at home and cooking and doing those things as well as I am the global leader and, you know, and, and the work that I do in the industry. I love making a difference, mm-hmm. but my family is my heart and my soul, you know. And mm-hmm. being able to share what I do with him, and, and he can tell me, you know, this or that or say things, you know, and we've gone through our rough patches, and I want to be straight about that because when you're in a marriage, I don't care who you are. I don't care how well it's good and how great it is. You do go through rough patches, meaning that you have your times. I don't mean rough patch where, you know, oh, God, they're so bad. I mean rough patch where you have disagreements. But what I Mm -hmm. love is that, you know, like you talked about that thing about, Whitney, where you had to go from that thing of being by, you know, like I'm used to being by myself, and then I had to shift that, and I really – once I shifted and I brought it to God and I started seeing my husband as my husband, you know, then I preferred that. And that was what it was with me. I was like, well, you know, I, I wish he was around more, blah, blah, blah. But what I realized was that I'm, a, I'm, I'm always on the go. And mm-hmm. I know that my husband likes to do certain things a certain way, so it's great that I have, I have this to come home and share with him. And he has to come home and share mm-hmm. with his day. And we can talk on the phone, like, well, you know, today we have phone and FaceTime. You know, it, it, that's mm-hmm. a very powerful thing. And, Whitney, what I want to ask you is on email, I mean, it's not even phone. I mean, like, email, how did you keep that up? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that that's hard. And then you get, you get to New York, and then, you know, um, and now you're still mm-hmm. at a distance because you both are hardly ever home. I mean, that's some serious transition to go through. And then working in this industry, mm-hmm. and this is what I have to i have to ask you to Whitney as a woman. This is a woman-to-woman thing. Sorry, Rye. Um, <laughs> but I want to ask this because while Rye is traveling, and even though you both know you love each other, you trust each other, you're the best of friends, was there ever a concern about other women? Was there ever that, there, that concern? Always, I think that's always a thing. Like, rather we're separate or together, that's something that you discern. That's something that you think about. But I think it's important to put the energy on um, loving each other when you are in person. 
um, and continuing keeping that friendship and always praying and anointing each other. Like, we literally anoint each other. I will stand in front of each other and, you know, I'll put my hand on his head and he'll put his hand on my head and we pray over our minds and then we pray over our hearts and then I anoint his feet and where he walks and where he goes is blessed and then I anoint his hands. And, you know, it's just things that we've learned over time. I think our spiritual um, our spiritual maturity has allowed us not to focus on what a lot of people try to put more energy on than actually loving each other and anointing each other and, and, and doing what you can while you're in person because we all are humans, and I think we know that, you know, this fight that we're in is not flesh and blood. It is definitely spiritual. And so when you realize that you don't um, blame somebody for looking at your husband or you don't blame your husband or your spouse for um, looking at somebody five seconds too long or, you know, you just you know what to pray for, and then you don't take advantage of the time that you have together. And you do what you need to do in order to, you know, keep that friendship genuine. Like, I don't try to please my husband or try to do things because I don't want him to cheat. Like, no, I pray for him. I pray for him, and then I love him genuinely. <laughs> I think any relate. I think any relationship um, that you're in, um, anybody could harm you in a way or dishonor you in a way because they're human. And a lot of people, a lot of us, really don't know how to love, and so we still look for love in in different ways because we're trying to fill certain voids that um, hasn't been filled. But I think when you build genuinely and you love genuinely, um, it it relieves the stress of even putting that energy towards is he cheating on me, is she cheating on me, and what's going on, and why is this person staring at them too long? You just have to put the energy in the right place. It's not it's not um, it's not an easy thing because especially. You know, you have this spirit of discernment, but then you also just see stuff blatantly, and you're just like, okay, I know, I know what her agenda is, and you just like, you just like, you got to check yourself. I know there are times when we were um, before we even got married. I had moments where I was like, Lord, yeah, my wife has had some evolution. I thank you, God, for um, <laughs> deliverance because, uh, and I say deliverance because I learned how, I, like, it was. It was moments where I probably could have gotten into fights, um, and then it was I learned how to discipline myself, and then there was, like, deliverance. And I was like, thank you for deliverance, because discipline would almost have me going to jail, too. Um, because, you know, you <laughs> hurt yourself internally. In your heart and in your mind, it's like even if you bite your tongue, you're still livid on the inside, and that doesn't do anything either, because any one little tick, the bomb could just blow up. So it's like... You rather get delivered and learn how to put the energy in the right place and pray more, more um, to process to process how you feel and pray over that and release that and like God, I don't want to be angry, I don't want to be frustrated. I know you're allowing me to notice certain things and to see certain things to pray, not to get irritated, not to react on it. But this is also building my character, so it's not for me. It's all perception. It's not for me to perceive it as I need to let this person know and nip this in the bud or else. It's like, okay, why am I this angry? Why am I this frustrated? Why shouldn't they be attracted to my husband? I am. I love him for many different reasons, so a lot of people can. Does it mean it's, uh, does that mean I, you know, does it mean that it's right? No, it doesn't mean that it's right, but I can calm my own self down. Let me process my emotions and let me put more energy towards my husband and our marriage more than what somebody is or isn't doing so that I can have my and sanity think, and I can be who I need to be. 
And I think that's important, Ryan Whitney, because that's the delineation, not doing it just for, you know, just so I can keep him or something like that. You're actually being responsible for how you are coming across with others. And this transcends Mm -hmm. not just only your married life, but it helps to transcend your professional life and otherwise. And this is Mm -hmm. not just music industry. This is something anyone can learn on any level, you know. Jay, I know you have some questions. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, um, you know, you 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 was talking with Whitney, so I'm gonna get on me and Ryan. You know, we're gonna do the guy thing. We're gonna reverse this question here. So, so Ryan, <laughs> man to man, right? So you got you got this mm-hmm. beautiful, this beautiful wife. Now, how do you keep her from having like you know you got you know like I play on stage and stuff. Me and me and Gail, we do a lot of stuff. Okay, and you know, women always come up. You know, I'm married. Women always come up and you know ask, uh, "Are you happy?" Uh, all these questions. You know what I'm saying? So how do you mm-hmm. keep how do you keep your wife happy? You know, because it's hard because, you know, they have emotions and hormones and stuff. So how do you keep mm-hmm. her, you know, just cool, calm, and baby, I got you. Don't worry about this. I got this. Because you, know, you got people coming up to you all the time, you know, asking questions. And it, it might look a different way, but it isn't. But you still got it. Mm-hmm. How do you keep her happy? Mm-hmm. Keep her. So you're asking me how, how do I keep her happy while people are, while people are being, showing, showing interest in me? Yeah, like basically what we're saying here is, you know, as Whitney answered, how do you, whether that's someone approaching Whitney or even someone mm-hmm. literally, you know, approaching you, you know, on stage, like mm-hmm. right there, mm-hmm. how do you, you know, like we heard it from her perspective, but what is it from your perspective? For me, the most important one of the most important things in my life is my marriage. After my identity and relationship with God, I realized that Whitney is my most important, um, I don't want to say responsibility, but covering her and being her husband is very much a part of who I am. That's who God created me to be. And so I'm always aware of her emotional state. Mm -hmm. And thank God, you know, my wife is in a place where, if somebody, if a guy came to her sideways, she would be, she would cut him off before he could even say something. Like I thank God that my wife is in a place where she doesn't even entertain that type of um, interaction. Like she's more cautious than I feel like she's more cautious now than she was when we first got married. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we protect what we have as a as a married couple because we understand not only the power that we have when we come together, but the way that God's image is represented when we are on one accord. So when I, as it relates to keeping Whitney happy, that that happens more in my private time with her. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm spending the proper time listening to her and allowing her a, a safe space to express her emotions and helping her to process her feelings and what's going on inside in our private time, it gives me less mm-hmm. anxiety when we're out in public and we're facing different types of circumstances. I want. I know that. I know this question is for my husband. However, I think it's important for me to share that what, what he's saying is very true. My husband does create an atmosphere. Like even though I am a woman and I do have a lot of emotions, and you know, women have their intuition, women's intuition, and they can see things and they can sense things. But privately, my husband does create a space for me to express those emotions. He he somewhat coaches me. He doesn't 
tell me what to do. He doesn't make me, he doesn't belittle me or make me feel like I'm crazy or that I'm talking too much or this and that. He he always asks, well, how do you feel and why do you think that made you feel this way? He always empowers me to um, share how I feel and feel empowered sharing how I feel. And um, there's always a space for me if, if I if I discern something or if I feel like somebody was flirting too much or whatever, I can share that um, honestly, and he'll take it into consideration and say, I hear what you're saying, this is how I felt, this is why I did what I did, and this and that. And we're always able to communicate in, in, an, honest, in an honest way where it's not just, you know, cutting each other off or like, man, you just a man, you don't get it, or you just a woman, you don't get it. We're always very sensitive to each other and the difference that we are as man and as woman. So um, at our church, my husband seats people. Like he serves in our church and he seats people, and there are always women coming up to me saying, I just love you, God. I love your husband. He's so pleasant. He's so peaceful. And I was like, thank you. He really is. And then there's other women that may not come up to me but are googly-eyed, and they love the fact that he's serving, and they love the fact that he's genuine, they love the fact that he's, you know, he's calm and he's peaceful, and they're like, oh, my God, and he's so fly, and I can see them, you know, excited for him to seat them, but I turn my head, and I just, I just worship, or I talk to someone else, and I honestly don't worry about it, because at one point, I think I used to worry about it because of my own immaturity, um, but at the, and now in our marriage, like I don't worry about it. Like I'll share certain things that I see, but I don't worry about um, people, you know, trying to hug him or the whispering in the ear, like you were saying, or women coming up to him because they, because of his love for me in public, a lot of women won't even go that far of saying, "Are you happy?" We worship together. We we shout together. We hold each other's hand. I cry on him as if I will cry on him watching a romantic movie in church. So there are a lot of women that know they can't even get that far with him. They actually honor, they actually, if they if they feel that way, they might be envious from afar, but the ones that really get it come to us personally and, like, I really love the fact how he covers you. I love the how, how you cover him. I love the fact that you guys look like y'all on a date in church, and some people feel like PDA is inappropriate or too much, and I just love it. So I'm not really... We're, at this point, we're not. It's not a. It's not a huge thing. It's not a huge thing because I think we individually have matured and have shifted our perception, and again, privately, have created a space where our friendship and our bond is so strong in public. It's like if things arise, we can laugh at it, we can share it, we can share how we feel about it, but we keep going. You know, in two thousand and sixteen, it is a great thing, and. You know, I was going to say in 2016, you guys were coming out, the black ball was over, and you guys were coming out. And I remember I was there and I was talking to some of the, you know, other artists who were, um, you know, su- supportive uh, singers for other, you know, in general or just, you know, in the industry. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing both of you, and I, and, we, and, we, and I remember I asked you for your car, we talked very briefly, but what stood out for me with both of you was that I didn't know you were husband and wife at the moment, in that moment, until you had told me, mm-hmm. and that was towards the end. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, it was like I could see that you both were best friends. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, in this, in this industry, and I'm going to go back to the industry, because the music industry, I think, you know, Rye, Whitney, Jay, and for myself, this, you know, 
whether we cover other industries, like you also have a ministry together, you know, you're in, that's another industry, whether people want to look at it that way or not. It, it, when you minister others, it is still a work. And, mm-hmm. But the music industry is a very, it's an animal unto itself because you can have the most educated person. And when it comes to artists, artists have this thing at times that they want it so badly that desperation can set in. Okay, yeah. that it's covered, it's covered, and you don't even see it. And, mm-hmm. and but you see it when they get that record deal, or you see it when I'm going right. to go through Rye and Whitney or Jay to get to you know like I might go through Jay because I want to go to In Vogue, or I might go through Rye and Whitney because I want to mm-hmm. get to Alicia or Ed or Estelle, or I want to go through Gail because mm-hmm. I want to get to Gladys Knight or Katy Perry or Beyonce. Uh-huh. So they want to get through, but they don't. What I want to ask you is that desperation, that that piece where you see it in every artist, and I don't mean I don't care how big they are; they all started there sometimes. What mm-hmm. is what is it that's helped you and together, not just as a couple, but also individually? What has helped your journey, in addition to praying and to believing in God and having that strong foundation? What has helped mm-hmm. you navigate this industry and grow? in the way that you wanted to with integrity and not sleeping around or begging or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, payola under the table to get your music on right. Billboard magazine and on. Like what has it that has had you guys navigate this industry in a way that has integrity? Well, I feel like I don't want to be tormented. There are personal things enough that I go through as a woman or as a wife or as a daughter, as a sister, as a cousin, as a, you know, in life itself where you have your own issues that you want to work on or deal with and um, to to do stuff under the table or to sleep with somebody to get to a certain place and have that hanging over your head or have that in your heart that tormenting you and you feeling like I've gotten there because of this. Like I don't I I'm I'm holding so tight onto my piece as is. I really don't want to add anything else that will hinder my sanity. Like sanity is a huge thing for me because even again as a woman in this world, there are a lot of things that we go through constantly. Emotionally you can be cool and then five minutes later something could hurt your feelings or irritate you and you don't even know why or it's such it really is such a spiritual warfare in this life and if you really don't have a strong relationship with God and you're praying individually and with your husband or with your friends or whatever you really can go insane so I think my thing is like I am fearful of torments like I I have a a a reverential fear of God because I feel like when you're in things that you're not supposed to be in you don't have peace like you won't have peace unless you really get out of it and I rather have my peace and my sanity more than advancing because even when as I advance and I still don't have that peace and I'm tormented it's just going to get worse and I that's not a part of my vision for myself it's not a dream of mine when you dream of having all this success and fame and all of that stuff I'm sure no one really sees it with torment 
So if I don't even see that with torment and I see me enjoying myself, and I know there's going to be some ups and downs that come with it, but if I see my if part of my dream is me enjoying my success, then if it takes longer for me to do it because I'm not sleeping with somebody, I'd rather take the longer route and keep my sanity. Yeah, I mean, and what about, for me, what about I, realize, you, I realize that as much as I have aspirations for higher levels of success, um, if I'm not enjoying my journey to that, then the success really isn't going to mean much. Mm-hmm. And so every person that I meet, you, Gail, you, Jay, like, it's it's more than just what can I get from this person to get me to the next level. If you all are the only people that we speak to, at least we want to, I want to make sure that I put it, that I have an impact that God uses me to make an impact on you all. And if that's what it is, then that's what it is. I can't live my life trying to always see what's about to be next or trying to see what I can get out of somebody because I really then miss the opportunity to be who I'm supposed to be in that person's life. And even and enjoy them. Enjoy the connection for what it is for however long it's going to be. Like, I, I'm, I really, I, a lot of people do try to connect with people so that they can get there, you know, so they can get ahead. But like my husband said, they're not enjoying the journey. And I think we've, we, we have gone through a lot uh, mentally and emotionally as men and women in this world and in the industry, and we've seen people not have their peace. And we, and it's like, I want to enjoy, if I meet this person and they get me a contract or not, or if they allow me to open up for them or not, or if they give me this platform or not, who are they and who do I need to be in this situation so that I can enjoy it and actually genuinely build with this person whether they can give me something or not because then that just adds to my life, and I don't really want to be a part of anything that's going to take from me in a negative way. You're up, Jay. (laughs) Okay, well, I want to get into some of the structure as far as when you guys were learning how to sing. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you guys study, like, uh, um, singing for the stars, or did you do, (laughs) you know, know, like most most of the singers, they always have a a way they learn. I just want to hear a little bit how you guys learned how to sing. Where did you get your talent from, and how did you grow? Who put the water, who nourished those vocals? Exactly. Well, you know, the talent came from God. We went, we both grew up in church. My grandmother was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. And my mother was oh, my choir director. My mother was my mother was my um, my mother was my choir director as well. And so that was wow. where we got uh, a cultivation of music, of harmony, of singing with people, of the power of music, and it continued to evolve and develop from there. Yeah, doing talent shows and. Um, being in chorus choir in school, um, and then, you know, local events, performing for local events, and um, that's really how it developed. I never went to school for music. I've never, um, I only did, like, music in high school, but I've never I've never gotten a degree in vocal or music or anything. It has definitely been Whitney, a gift strictly from God. Whitney and, and Ryan, I just want to tell Gail, Gail, these are PKs. They got the worst it's the hardest life you could ever have. <laughs> He's a pastor's kid. So now I feel for well, you guys. Pastor, that's just one of the Even even that dynamic. Go ahead, Ryan. No, 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 please. I want to hear no, what, what, even, I want to hear what you're 
even even that dynamic, um, in a lot of ways, we were being prepared for the celebrity even as being the first family of ministry, the exactly. churches, because there's, you know, there's secrets, there's things that people go through that people talk about, there's being always on display and having to live up to a certain um, aesthetic mm. or, you know, mm-hmm. and so even then, I don't think I realized it until just now, that was all preparation for being able to handle the scrutiny uh-huh. of celebrity mm-hmm. and for being able to handle um, a lot of people wanting to pull from you and wanting to take from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, everything that we have endured has prepared us for where we are now. Yeah. Everything, the free time you know. shows, singing that people read it for free, like everything, us traveling back and forth up and down the highway, singing for free has prepared us to get paid to do what we do now. Well, it's funny you should say that, Rye, because, you know, um, I've been going in and out of the U.N. probably for the past, I'd say, 12 years, okay? And, you know, as a kid, you go to the U.N. and you learn a lot. And um, I remember my mom used to work down at the World Trade Center, and I looked up to my mom, my mother, because she was a legal secretary, okay? And mm-hmm. I, I really looked up to her because she put my brother through Cornell, she put me through college, and to put my brother through Cornell, the reason why I say it like that, you know, Cornell costs a lot of money. And she was, you know, you, you, need, to be make, you need to be really dirt poor, like living in the dirt to get any money for, sometimes from your salary. And she was just a single parent at that time. And she had to mm-hmm. pay for my brother's Cornell education out of his pocket. But we, you know, much like most parents from the old days, parents from the old days would say, if you're not going to do what you need to do, there's a consequence. You know, my brother played around mm-hmm. or whatever, and she said, okay, well, you're going to pay for your own, you know, to, into, you know, your tuition if you don't, you know, mm-hmm. get it together. And he didn't get it together, and he ended up, you know, he graduated from Cornell, and he's got his kids now, but he did have to pay for it himself. And I bring that to bear to mm-hmm. say this, um, you know, to, to all, all of us, you know, Jay as well, is that I didn't know what I was being prepared for when I'm standing in front of former President Clinton, right? And yeah. volunteering. I didn't know what mm-hmm. I was be- And see, here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and tell you and say, oh, I was called and that, you know, he just picked me from anywhere. No, I sought out these experiences and, and not to be, not, not for, you know, not for, um, what do you call it, to be known, okay? It was mm-hmm. just something yeah. in me that would seek them out. You know, Gladys Knight, her daughter Kenya, I was working with, Kenya and learning from Gladys. Um, Barry White mentored me. Quincy Jones had me in the studio. Um, Patrice Russian, mm-hmm. who Jay knows, all of us know. Um, I was always around the periphery of the industry, okay? Not mm-hmm. knowing why and not knowing why I was seeking it out because we definitely know I couldn't sing. I was on the business side. And, and, and I will admit, <laughs> most of us are closet singers. I wanted to sing, Okay. But my mother would say, mm-hmm. you're great academically, work with them business-wise, you can write, but please don't sing. Jay will tell you this now, this story. When Jay and I first met, he said, <laughs> no, Gail, you can actually sing. So I would only sing around Jay, you know. But the point that I'm getting at is everything mm-hmm. I've ever done, I work, I've worked hard for. And mm-hmm. no one gave me anything. And I'm much like Whitney. I'm, I'm used to, I'm an older sister, so I'm used to being by myself, okay? I have business mm-hmm. partners. But I had to get out of two things, doing it all myself, even when I had partners, mm-hmm. okay, and making mm-hmm. requests. But number t- two, dealing with something. I had to get out of the notion, and Jay will tell you this. I mean, I- I'm telling on myself here right now. 
even at the UN, people would wonder, well, how is she there when I've been here 30 years? Mm -hmm. I had a colleague Mm -hmm. recently who's been there for over 30 years. I'm at an event. I am, like I said, I have no, I mean, Jay and I do report into the highest level of the UN. But Mm -hmm. we didn't get there because we asked someone else to do it. Jay and I got there because we made a request one day seeing him. And Mm. the bottom line of what I'm saying here is I get it at the UN still. I get it, and I don't care anyone hearing this. I get it sometimes anywhere I am. Well, how did you? How did you? I've been here 30 years. We had partners who are an organization that was trying to get into the UN as an NGO. Once we help them, we hear no more from them. And I say Mm -hmm. that I had to skip and look at, you know, just what Whitney said. I had to look at my energy. Am I coming from a place of thinking people are going to take? Or am I Mm -hmm. coming from a place that there is enough for everyone? And then how can we Mm -hmm. share this and work together? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. you think you're not coming from that place, but if you're consistently attracting that energy, it still may not be you. And that's the thing is you have to have the energy to discern whether your frequency, which is what we talked about, because I talk about prayer, but I also talk about frequency. And Jay and I speak about mm-hmm. this a lot. Your frequency has to be on a level where you know who you are and your capacity. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, those little things, when we talk about the spiritual warfare, it's there. So, you know, my thing yeah. is you work hard. But here's the flip side of it. We've mm-hmm. talked about the foundation, Jay Ryan Whitney, we talked about the foundation, but there also is, we all need money to continue to do the work mm-hmm. we do, okay? Being, mm-hmm. being tr- mm-hmm. So being true to who you are, getting paid well for what you do, there's nothing wrong with that, and giving back right. ethically and responsibly. And that's the thing, yep. like we can all have this, but there is a place where we have to generate our income. And with the music industry mm-hmm. where it is today, that is the next big thing. Like, and that's where I say I see the mm-hmm. desperation in the, the artists and why the music industry is a different animal. And, I mean, Jay, chime in here because this is more of a discussion than it is a question. How do we, like, really get to a point where music is respected, music is bought? Because streaming, you're not going to make any money. Um, Ryan mm-hmm. Whitney may want to take off two months and may not want to travel with Alicia Keys on her tour, not because they don't love her or like her, but maybe they want to take a vacation. But they still have mm-hmm. to worry about paying their mortgage, paying this, pay that. What if Ryan Whitney wants to have children? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's still this place where yeah, even- monetarily money has to keep coming in. Please chime in, Whitney, whatever mm-hmm. you would say. Yeah, um, even right now, um, the last our last tour with Alicia was what 2013. Mm-hmm. We've already haven't been on tour with her, and even um, in 2016, I um, I had opportunity to tour with John Legend and Bruno. 2017, I had an opportunity to tour with John Legend and Bruno Mars, um, um, but because they only wanted all females, um, I didn't want to commit to that because I prefer to work with my my husband, and I wanted to also put energy towards our marriage and our own brand. Um, so right. we've already transitioned into that part of not touring just because of the money, um, but knowing that God is still going to provide as well. So when I um, – because sometimes you can also – uh, get used to making money a certain way, and I think that's how people start just doing stuff for money because they start putting their trust in the actual job. 
So, um, man, my husband had to shift our perception, and it's like, okay, what do we really desire for our life? And if we if we bring our request to God very honestly and genuinely, then and we believe Him as to be a provider, then we don't have to push ourselves to try to go on tour to make money. Um, we can say you know what, we don't want to tour because it does take up a lot of time. We have our own album that we want to finish. We also have our own company, His and Her Entertainment, that where we train other singers and, and, and creatives to do what we've been doing on the TV shows and award shows and all of that, and we want to be able to spend a little more time doing that and workshops and stuff. And so we did. Like, you know, me staying no to certain tours opened up doors for us to do more corporate events. And so us doing corporate events allows us not to – be on a, a year-and-a-half tour where we're working uh, several times a week back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back, but maybe once every three months and still having more than enough money, getting paid more than what we did at supporting vocalists, and, um, you know, we're not behind on any of our, you know, utilities and, you know, the, we can still live our lives. So we've, we've already definitely have transitioned into that, but we had to shift our perception and not put our trust in the job, but also in just being honest with what we wanted in our lives and allow God to move, leave room for God to make a way where we could do what we wanted to do and still be provided for. The other piece mm-hmm. is relevancy, right? I think there's a very desperate plea for relevancy in the music industry. And so that's why you see people, if a song goes viral or goes hot, you'll see a whole, a whole bunch of other artists create a song that sounds very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we have been embracing is the fact that, and to be honest, Gail, if I didn't know that there was a reason, a mission, a purpose for me and my wife to be in this industry, to show a married couple um, loving on each other, loving God, and loving what they do as an example I wouldn't want to be in the music industry because there is a lot. There is a lot of things that you see and that you experience. But I know that there's a purpose for us, and so the relevance that I have for me and my wife, even if our records don't sell the way we want them to, there are people that are being impacted by our love. There are people being impacted by our fight. And ultimately, as much as I have grand aspirations to change the world, I change the world by changing the little world. Yeah, and, and people, my personal. my personal life, my personal um, ability to affect people through a conversation, through a smile, through a word, through a post, through a picture. And so, so me um, understanding that it gives me more peace, even though my stuff isn't necessarily going viral like I like I would like it to. I know that I'm I'm making an impact, and that impact that I'm making on somebody's life can allow them to make an impact on somebody else's life, and that's how I'm being effective in this in this moment. It's also given us you time know to. I I agree with you, right? I I agree with you so much. But you, you know, here's where I want to come back, and and Jay, I want you to really chime in here because what Rye is saying, and what Jay, you know, he just came out with his album. We're coming out with the music project for the UN. I, mm-hmm. I really get what you guys are saying. But I want to see where here's here's where the I see a dilemma for all of us. Everyone on this phone right now is here to do the right thing. I believe whatever the and what the right thing is for you may not be the right thing for Jay, which is why I don't believe in right and wrong. I believe that there is for every action there is a reaction. But my question here mm-hmm. is: we all have to make money to live. And we all want to. And as you get older, you want a certain lifestyle, especially in this day and age when there might not be 
retirement and things like that. Um, or when you get older, you know, you're done for everyone else. You want to create something of your own. Maybe there's a calling for you to create your own. Whatever it is, we all have to have, you know, one of the things I hear all of us, you know, we all believe in God here. But, you know, I don't want this to sound like a religious show because everyone has different beliefs. What I want to say is that I don't stop loving God just because I'm on this show. I love God all and fully, and he's ahead of my life. And at the same mm-hmm. time, there, there's a place that we all have to generate income. And, you know, like right now I'm looking mm-hmm. at a, a Spotify, uh, an article from Spotify, Why Music Streaming's Greatest Hopes Are Spotify's Toughest Challenges. So like you and... And Rye, you and Whitney, and uh, I'm sorry, Ryan, Whitney, and Jay, to all three of you, there is an income perspective that has to be created so that you can actually live. And, I, and you know, uh, Whitney, when you said don't worry, I know that Luke 12, I just read it two days ago, as either Luke 12 or Proverbs 27, it said don't worry about what you have to, you know, what you, you will have for tomorrow. And I totally agree. At the same time, it's like standing in the middle of the street and saying, okay, God's going to protect me. The cars are coming back and forth, and he's not going to let me get run over, okay? Well, if you stand there no. and you're on the highway and the, the car's going back, no. you, you will get run over. No, 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 I know you don't mean that. No, hear what I'm saying. How do, being that we are all in the industry and where the industry is going, what are ways, just like you said, you have found a way to establish your brand and even if your music isn't selling the way you would like it, you're doing other things. What are some of those things so that people can really hear that you have the foundation from your spiritual foundation, from your belief in God, your belief in each other, your belief in yourselves individually, which is powerful because you've got to believe in yourself before you can take it to another person. What are you guys doing specifically and measurably that is bringing income for you so that the other goals that you personally have as a couple get realized and other goals that you support other artists or whoever you're supporting get realized. And then, Jay, same with you. What goals are you creating that get these realized? Because people want to also know this part, too. Yeah. I, I, was, gonna, I was going to get to the, the importance of diversifying your brand because, again, okay. we are musicians and we sing, but we also are teachers. And so where where an album may not be selling on Amazon or Apple Music, we can still do a conference. Mm-hmm. We can still write a book. Mm-hmm. We can still do workshops. Mm-hmm. And so there are different ways to capitalize on the talents and experiences yep. that you've had. Mm-hmm. But if your own only objective is for fame and success as a music star, you won't open up your mind to be able to see these other options. And to have multiple streams of income. We're very huge on multiple streams of income. And, it, again, it's perception, like my husband is saying. If you only want this fame because it's like, well, I'm a writer, so I need to write and make money as a writer. But there are other layers to your personality and character and gifts that you can use to bring in multiple streams of income. Us being, being supporting vocal, like we, we, we've chosen not to do full tours at times so that we can have time um, cultivating these other areas. So there are times that we still uh, agree to do one-offs, and one-offs are just like, you know, an award show here or there where we still make money because, I mean, we have an opportunity to sing with Alicia again and Estelle again, but they're one-offs. So it's like we'll go to a a place to perform with them, and then that gives us money to put back into – 
you know, putting together our band for our own show to make money or money towards buying our T-shirts that we're going to sell or CDs that we're going to sell or our workshops, um, corporate events, books, all these different things, and even his and her entertainment. Like, we get paid to do consulting work. Because we've been in the industry of supporting vocalists for over 11 years now, people pay us to train singers for them. So for award shows, we'll get called to come in and help do vocal arrangements for things, even if we don't get called to sing. Or if we do get called to sing, we say, well, actually, we're unavailable, um, but we can train other people. Or, you know, we can't do it, but we we have other singers for you. So it's it's good for you to kind of take a step back for a little bit and not be so, well, I'm a writer, i got to write. Or I'm a singer, i just got to sing, i got to make money singing. What else am I good at? What else can I do? How can I... Um, um, how can I have multiple streams of income? I could write a book on this because although there are a lot of books on this particular, you know, subject, my story is my story, and your story always works because it's your story. No one can tell your story, and people will buy into something that is real and tangible. So books is another thing that we are working on. Plays is another thing that we're working on. Musicals are other things that we're working on. Movies are other things that we're working on. So when we say no to certain tours, it's because we're still writing out these plans for these other opportunities and other streams of income to flow into us so that we aren't just stuck at singing background for the rest of our lives because that's not all that we do. That's another reason why we um, also started our vlog, Marriage and Music, to actually broaden the perspective um, how people see themselves and see us because a lot of people just know us as singing background for Alicia Keys, but we also do do more than that. And we want to share our journey just like we're doing now. We share that we train other artists and we share how we do corporate events so that people can see, oh, I don't just have to do one thing. This one town is not where it – I can have multiple streams of income. I can spread this thing out. I can do more than one thing and still and enjoy all of it so that I'm not, you know, trying to use certain people to get to the top because I have – different things going on with myself. Yeah, I, I love what you said because um you know and well Jay before I go on, what are you, what is your thoughts on this? Well that's I, I also believe in the farming technique. So you know, just like I wanna you know, Gail, you know, we work with different artists in the past, the Time Social Club, Pebbles in Vogue and you farm, you know, you grow this here, you grow that there. So you have to Think ahead and look ahead what you're going to do. Like right now we're farming, me and you are farming some young artists, and hopefully that one of those uh, will sprout out and be something very financially um, appetizing. You know, so you, what you do is you, you kind, of just kind of walk on a path to where you're looking way ahead, and you can kind of see right here where you're going to be three or four years down the path. So by the time that catches up with you, you'll have a great product. Uh, the other thing, you can always go back to Amazon.com. <laughs> Walmart, I did construction. So sometimes you have to do other things. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to be a background singer or a support singer. Sometimes you might have to make, some musicians have to make choices. Hey, I'm going to go work for the neighborhood store. I'm going to go work for Ace Hardware for a little bit. So don't get so caught up in I'm just going to be this. Sometimes you have to make a choice. You look at the guy um, that played, won those uh, Super Bowl for the Rams. You know, he was working in a grocery store. They just pulled him out of there, and then all of a sudden he's the quarterback for the ramps, God works in mysterious ways. You could be doing this this one minute, and the next minute, bam, you could be doing the Black Panther. So you got to just kind of like have faith and believe in what you believe in and keep it rolling. And it's not so much about the outcome. It's about the process. So that's what I well, yeah, yes, yes, I will say it's about the process. It is about the process. But, you know, 
my take on this is, is, is maybe a combination of what everyone's saying, but a little differently. You know, sometimes we go through process and we stay in process. And mm-hmm. I look at what is the result that wants to be created, okay? You know, uh-huh. one of the things um, I, I was saying at the uh, UN the other day is, okay, it's all well and good that, you know, because with this new Secretary General, people don't talk. They, they are, they're being about it. And this is what I love about Antonio Guterres. And I'm a be about person. I like, I like results. Okay, I used to be a process person, so I understand the difference. Process: you set the goal, you get there, but the process is so long, and sometimes it's really simply just taking the step and doing it. Okay, um, a lot of times we're going up a ladder, but we talk about the steps, and the ladder is to help us get to our destination. At the top of that ladder is your destination, but that destination should be among many destinations you take. So, what am I saying is this? If I say that I'm creating this career, just like what Whitney and, and, and Jay and all of you are saying, if I'm saying that I'm creating this and the product is there, I'm going to have this product over here, okay, and I have X product. I want to, you know, rather than building up and using a linear way of getting to it, like I'm going to build up to get to it. No, my thing is um, I want the iPad. What is it going to feel like? What, what, well, okay, I want an iPad, and I say I'm going to do this. But what exactly will my life look like once I have that iPad in my hand? What am I creating with it? What am I going to do with it? Because, you know, like you said, once it's like all of us. Once you get something, if it's just about you, it's over. You want something else. But if I have that iPad, what am I creating with others with it? What's it going to look like? How are all of us going to generate income that, focus, you know, that allow us to live a lifestyle where we can, you know, give? Because, you see, the level of giving that all four of us are doing on, on right on this phone right now, we have to act, make sure that we receive a hundred times more so that we can sustain ourselves through the giving of it. So if I have this iPad, what do I need to have in place to have that iPad? What will I do with this iPad, and what am I creating? So therefore, my structure is set up for me on what I'm going to do to have it. Now, this sounds like more of an intellectual approach. It isn't. Because if I want that iPad, then I know that if I say on December 31st I'm going to have that iPad, well, then what does Gail need to do to create it? So December 24th, that means I've already scouted out the store. I'm looking at it. You know, maybe in November I'm seeing, well, how, where's X amount of my money at? What am I creating? And what are some of the things I'm going to be doing with that iPad? So if I'm helping other music artists to do what they need to do, then – that iPad, once I get that iPad, I'm going to actually help those music artists do X even more. But I could also be doing that in November while trying to get it for December. So while I said all of that, that is the way sometimes it's important for us to think, whether it's working in that store to get it or whether it's like what Whitney said, I cannot do those tours right now because, you know, we're working on a corporate plan where we can train someone, some other people doing it. It, it's about having all of what we're saying here in place and not just talking to talk or walking to walk because you do you do need cash. It, cash does not make your life, but it makes it easier for you to have some things so you can even do more of what you want to do that you're here to do. Um, you know, and I, I just wanted to put that in. Um, so, you know, I know we've gone well over, and I wanted to ask you both or Jay, um, what is it that you want, you know, the world to know about your music and what you're doing and what you're creating? That's what we want to know more of. What is it you want, not only where they can find you, but what do you want the world to know about what 
Rye and Whitney are creating for the years to come? Oh, that's an incredible question. That's so there's a short term and a long term. <laughs> the short term is we want people, I feel like our music is music for the soul, music for the spirit. It's music to make you think, music to make you love, and music to help you be. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, there's a lot of music that doesn't really allow you to reflect. It's just fun, and I think there's a place for that. But music has such an intrinsic power to um to captivate many senses at the same time. And so in that, it's super powerful, and we're very aware of the content that we put out, the message that we want to share, which is hope, which is love, which is faith, which is um, self-reflection and self-betterment, but also forgiveness of yourself and of others. And I think that that's our contribution to the world in this season, to see a couple trying to make it work, doing what they can, uh, admitting their, their challenges, admitting their failures, but also seeing the, seeing, being hopeful, never, never giving up hope. And if we as a, as a, as a world can re- resolve within ourselves that there is still hope, that there is still people who, you know, are not just out for their own um, betterment, but they actually see a better good for the people around them, mm-hmm. then that's, the effect that we need to really change the world. It's not the world is made up of all the different people. Mm-hmm. So it's not just this um you know, this um this thing that just needs to be changed by a button. Like every person in the world makes up the world and so if we can affect just a few of them at a time, hopefully that can continue to spread. Um, long term, we want to make good music that our kids can love and that our grandparents will love. And so, it, and our grandkids, but our grandparents too. Like yeah. I want, I want all yeah. generations to be able to find some type of relevance and find some type of um, something that they can g- glean from our music. And that's a challenge, but I think it's something that we've been graced to to find the balance of. Yeah, it's it's mu it's music, it's books. Um, it'll be a musical. Um, it's it's a lot of artistic things that we are we are getting that we are writing and building that we want to be able to share these similar messages on these different platforms. We want to do it through our marriage, through our workshops, through the through the plays, through the, the, the through the music. Um but yeah, it's it's really about us being vulnerable about our, our ups and downs but not staying there because a lot of people kinda get get off on you know, I'm just keeping it 100, and it just fuel a lot of negativity. But we want to be honest, but with hope at the same time, and also giving back. And how, like you were, like you were saying, uh, Gail, um, just giving some practical steps and how to um, apply certain things to your life and and live on a daily basis with um, being aware of who you are and um, how to get to the next step, and not just stuff that's just so just being more, you know, things that are tangible. Got it. Um, Jay? Your oh, music, music for me is to bring the world back to frequency response. The, the, the original communication was music, frequencies. And so my thing really is just, I mean, we got to make money, but my goal is to tune this planet back up. Because right now, the music has been dummied down. And so I do this because I want to bring it back to what I feel God 
made music for, and that's to communicate and heal. So that's where I'm really kind of at right now. That's, I've already had some success here and some success there. That's all nice. You know, you guys are you guys are the you guys are the, the new. You know, and I'm glad. You, mm-hmm. I mean, your soulmate. I am so I'm so happy. You, you PK kids. I know how rough that is. My wife is a PK kid, mm-hmm. and it's good, some good and it's some bad. But you guys got all that pressure because you gotta you gotta look good in front of everybody, in front of the whole congregation. You can't do wrong, and you can't make a mistake, and you can't. There's a lot of pressure for young people, you know. Any PK. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't do that. So, though. <laughs> oh, I know you guys. Yeah, and I, I, me and Gail knows we 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 know how much pressure can be. <laughs> right. Well, no, yeah. I, I know I know pressure can be, but you know one of the things I've always learned is that it is a, everyone has their own story. And that's why mm-hmm. I love storytelling and, and telling stories in ways. Um, I'm here, you know, my whole goal, music soothes the soul, okay? Music can take us places that we don't even know to go. Like, as an example, I love the frequencies. People don't realize that when you use Tibetan bowls from Tibet. I was given a Tibetan bowl from the Dalai Lama's assistant, didn't even know who he was. I was also given my dog from the Dalai Lama's assistant. I had no idea that. My dog was the most quietest dog. But the weirdest thing is my dog would never bark, but she would actually, this sounds crazy, but she would sing. She would Mm -hmm. literally um, have a a sound that came from her that people would look and say, is that a dog? I said, because they couldn't believe it. But she had this way. And I I love Tibetan bowls. And and I love the frequency and the, 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 um, the sound of them. So I, I think that there is a music in everything. And I and I really want to bring music to a place with all artists where it sounds similar to Jay, where the earth is in tune with that. I mean, I'm, I go to Asia where I see elephants, and there's a, a, a music amongst the elephants. There's a music mm-hmm. amongst uh, when I've gone to – I've been around Panthers recently with the Black Panther movement, I actually went to go see some Black Panthers when I was away. And these are Panthers who are not drugs so that people could go touch them. And, and trust me, I didn't go near them in terms. They were, they were in another location. They invited me in, but I said, I'm sorry, I don't do, I don't do Panthers. Um, but they mm-hmm. were the most agile and beautiful creatures. But when they communicate with each other, it's in harmony and in song. Okay? That's mm-hmm. what I'm here to do. I'm here to bring everything together from humanity mm-hmm. worldwide. And I'm actually doing it. I don't talk about it. I'm actually doing it. I'm at the UN every day with my partners. You know, Jay is a partner. Alice Liu's from, uh, her family's from Hong Kong. We also have partners from different parts. So when I went about creating a partnership, I created a partnership that had people from all over the world and people of different ages. Because yeah. my intention was to fulfill on what my mother had brought us up with, that I always felt was my purpose as well, not because she was my mother, was to bring every culture together to respect themselves mm-hmm. and to enjoy each other. And I want to fuse mm-hmm. the music of all cultures yeah. together. And I'm, and I'm doing it. And so mm-hmm. that is a realization. We have a music project that Jay is working on with me and my other partner, um, Alice Liu, that involves where East meets West. And it's a huge mm. UN project. It's taken us six years. But that's where we're talking about. Mm. And, and, and see, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not saying anyone's lying. I, I shouldn't say that. And f- forgive my bluntness. Um, but 
we all have to eat, we all have to pay our mortgage, and we all want a lifestyle. You know, just because someone said to me I should live in a bad neighborhood if I'm helping those people, I said, no, no, I shouldn't. I've worked worked hard to live in in a nice neighborhood. If I want to minister or support those neighborhoods so that people can see what they want to do for themselves, I don't look at that that neighborhood as bad. It's just not a place I want to live. Then I will live in a nice neighborhood that I enjoy. Because for me, where I'm most comfortable at is living in a very multicultural neighborhood that shares the existence of their culture. I want youth to come back together with their families. When I'm in Asia, I see the homogenization of youth. Oh, family is so important, whether you're rich, yes. um, uh, middle class, or poor, okay? Yes. Yes. And, you know, um, so that that's my, that's what I'm here to do is bring people together. And music was my first foray. I used to write all the yes. time, everything. That was my first foray. I wanted to sing all my life. And, you know, um, I haven't told Jay this, but I'm going to take him up on his offer one day where I want him to produce a track for me personally. Yeah. I'm not there yet, but that's, that's what I want to do because that will be my personal yeah. dream realized. Um, I've already written a book. Yeah. You know, I've done things, but what I want to do is see this world come together with all of their cultures, respect their culture, love their culture, and I think the only way you can do that is through music. I really, you can do it in other ways, but it's through music because you see, music everyone will listen to. We will not always mm-hmm. listen to what our mothers, our fathers, elders, younger, or yeah. whatever. But music, people will listen to. And if you ever know, not even just around listen, a bunch of, but mm-hmm. no, please go ahead. Not even just listen. What? Yeah, not even just listen, uh, or like, or take heed to. As I think that's why you were saying listen. Not even just take heed to, but listen in a way because we don't all speak the same language. It's the only thing Absolutely. that really does bring us together. <laughs> like mm-hmm. us touring a world, we we go to many different countries, and them. Uh, we we did a show in Brazil. My husband and I did a show in Brazil, and, you know, there were certain moments where we we spoke their language, but us singing those songs connected us with these people like never before. We weren't able to have a full conversation with everybody, but through our concert, we were connected the entire entire time through the music, and I just felt like I forgot that we didn't even speak the same language, Mm -hmm. and it was just like a family reunion. Even in Switzerland, when we we toured in Switzerland, you know, we, we were, you know, singing and people connecting to us. I mean, at the meet and greet is when you realize, oh, shoot, I forgot, you know, they speak Swiss German. I don't speak Swiss German, so we can take photos and hug and, you know, the, the conversation is kind of limited. But when you're on stage and when you're singing, it's like you're you're connected and they're, they're, they're in it. We're in it together. Mm-hmm. And there's no separation. There's no, there's no barriers with music. Well, imagine you're in Malaysia. And they're they're not gonna. Yep. I mean, most Malaysians speak English, okay, or Indonesia, but they're yeah, not gonna speak <laughs> the, the language because they they don't have to. But the thing is, the the love that's already there. See, I know I knew yeah. that from a very young age. When I was, there used to play, be a place called Sweetwaters in New York, and I would uh-huh. sneak up there as a kid when I was so after high school on my way home. And I would sneak up there. I knew music was in my soul. I knew that I was supposed to be doing something with music, just like Jay knew that he was supposed to be in music. And you do, you know, like Jay said earlier, you do do alternative things. You know, 
you know, like, Jay, I think you were saying working in a store or you did construction. You know, we all do what mm-hmm. we have to do, but it's the same language. And when I went to um, Switzerland uh, last year and we were learning the Romance languages, I didn't even know Romance languages existed, but it's also where Latin mm-hmm. comes from. Romance didn't come mm-hmm. from Latin. Latin. I love learning, but not learning just to mm-hmm. say I know. I love learning about culture. Just like in Thailand, you never raise your voice, not even a little yeah. bit. If you're displeased, you, 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 know, you know, so all of my friends from Thailand here, you know, um, and then I've been working on a project with Thailand with another partner. So it's, you learn a lot when you work on things. And, and this is what I want to say. I want to leave it this way and then um, please tell them where, to, uh, where they can find more about you. But I want to leave it on this note. Mm-hmm. You know, Jay, you and I are on this show all the time. And, um, we ha- you know, all of our guests are amazing. But there's those times when you, get on a, when you get on the radio like we are now and we all feel like whether we agree with everything each other is saying or disagree, we can all lend and, and actually share things. You know, um, this is mm-hmm. the first time Jay knows I love discussion, but this is the first time, like, I'm really talking, talking, you know. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, and I tell you what I love about this. You know, Jay's been, Jay and I, Jay, we've been partners, what, 09, I think it is? Mm-hmm. Oh nine, yep. yeah, or te- is it two thousand ten? Somewhere, Jay met me at a music conference and said, "I know I'm to work with her." We had no idea, okay? And we've gone mm-hmm. through the loss of money, the gaining of money, you know, all kinds of things. And um, mm-hmm. you know, and then then we've worked on our separate projects, and we've come back together and work. And like, I'm so super excited right now that Jay and I are working on this UN music project. He'll tell you at the beginning I wanted him to do it. He was willing to. But we, we, you know, we both are on our journeys where we needed to go. And now to have him on mm-hmm. it, I was like, you know, it's, you know, like, you know what you said, Whitney, at the beginning? My partner, Alice, and I said, Jay's got it. I don't even have to ask him what he's doing. Because I so know mm-hmm. that I can trust this man, that he gets it, yeah. he gets what I'm up to, that I don't have to worry. Yeah. I don't have to say, oh, is it done? Is it okay? No, I can trust him. He wouldn't even have to be the producer that he is. I know I could trust him. And don't have to worry, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're dealing with a new person that doesn't get you, you have to, you're like, whatever. And I'll tell you why this is important for me to know that I can trust Jay. This song is a song I wrote when my mother died. Mm-hmm. So, to know, so to know that I can trust this man with this song that's going to make a wide world difference and that he and my mm-hmm. business partner, Alice, and him are involved, like, it brings it all. Sometimes you've got to go through that six-year journey to finally come back around, mm-hmm. and you both find that you'll find a way to do it, you know. So what I'm mm-hmm. saying in saying all of this is not just a talk to talk. When you get to a certain point, you have to know what it is that you want to do, whether you're a creative or whatever. You have to know what it is you want to do, and you have to put those structures in place. Yeah. And structure is important because it allows the creativity to flow. And I, am, I can yeah. sum up my purpose here is that I am here to bring all cultures together through creativity, music, mm-hmm. art, and innovation. Yeah. Yeah. So that, could be tech, that could be technology, culture, food, music, or whatever, yeah. or art that people yeah. paint. But that's what I'm here to do, to explore yeah. and express the cultures of everyone. And that is yeah. not yeah. like, oh, let me sound a horn. It's all about Gail. No, it's that it's about everyone. 
So for me to be able yeah. to do that, I need the capacity to be have more people involved than trying to do it all myself. And trust me, I've, I've been there. I've definitely been there. And so Jay needs the capacity for himself to have a team around him that allows him to do what he needs to do, and he has to make money from what he's doing. And Rod yeah. and Whitney, for them to continue to travel and do the things that they do, they need money to do that. They need investors. Jay needs investors. Yeah. So I'm not saying this yeah. is a call for investors, but I'm saying that we all need to realize that this stuff that Jay and you and all of us are sharing, this is advisement. People have to pay for this, and they're mm-hmm. getting yeah. it as inspiration from us on this show. But there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. people paying for what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to leave it there. So, Jay, you have any last <laughs> words before Whitney and Rye give their last words? I don't. And I, I agree with you 100%. You know, you got to make you got to make some money, but, you know, you want to also make good music because I, I was listening to um, your friend Q says, if you're doing this all to make money, sometimes God walks out the room. So everybody can't be number one. You know, everybody can't be Alicia Keys number one at the same time. Only can be one person at a time. You're Stevie Wonder, and just now we're going to have Bruno Mars, and now we, you know, in this industry. So everybody can't be number one. But it's enough money for all still. But everybody can't be right. number one. So you definitely got... You, you definitely got to make some money. And then some people, they don't, they're not going to get, you know, God has a path for everybody in this business because this is a rough music business. God has a path mm-hmm. for everybody. And some people are not, like you might got friends that you started 15 years ago. They work for the post mm-hmm. office now. They, have, they can sing better than you. <laughs> mm-hmm. They better voices and more talented than me. But they didn't get, mm-hmm. that Absolutely. path wasn't their path. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, and you so know, you see, and you know, some. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. No, no. I finished. I finished. I finished. Yeah. Well, you know, and all I'm going to say is this: No, the industry. That's if you count on the industry. You see, if right. you do what right. like Jay is doing, I'm doing, Ryan Whitney's doing. When you have your own following, then you can go to the label and say, "Listen, this is what I'm doing. Would you like to be a part of it? Because I'd like to join you in partnership." That's the difference right. in the desperation. That's what I wanted to end this on. You see, that's where we consult and we train, Jay and I, and others yeah. in our team, because when you come from the place of what you've created, then you feel powerful about what you have, and you can join in partnership rather than desperation, looking for someone to give you exactly. something. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. It's so important to create your own platforms and create your own thing to help other people out because then people will be willing to invest into you if they see you already putting in the work yourself. No one wants to feel like you owe them something or no one or you and you also don't want to have people <laughs> joining you um, before you write out your plan and start creating your own platform, because then people start changing the vision God gave for you, gave to you. Like some people are always so waiting for that moment with Oprah or waiting for this moment for somebody to put them on to something. It's like, no, you have your own ideas, you have your own dreams, you have your own aspirations, create something yourself. Start it, start it, start it. So then when people, when you talk to people about it, they can add to what you already have begun and they don't change it. And the purpose of what it was created for can manifest properly without it being tainted or altered. Absolutely. So, we want to end on where can people learn about you, okay? Where can people mm-hmm. connect with you? Because I'm sorry. I mean, Jay, wouldn't you agree 
these two, you guys, I don't, I don't think you guys are really getting your calling. I'm going to be straight with you because <laughs> there is something. No, Whitney, you started off with something. Jay, didn't she start off with something, that answer that she gave? Oh. That when she, she went, oh, t- tell me about it. She went to well, frequency. No. <laughs> yeah, and we got to get this back on the show. I got so much more. I got so much. Just, just the whole calling and the whole thing, they're not, you guys aren't an accident. You didn't just accidentally mm-hmm. meet. This is some. This is something that's ordained. You. It's no way yeah. that you guys should be be where you are right now. So we got Gail. You stucco. So all I can say is you guys got to come back. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but it's, it's not even about. It, it's a mutual striking of gold because when I let me tell you, um, I have no problem with the audience knowing this. So I travel a lot, Ryan Whitney. Me and Jay are always out of the country or traveling a lot or doing something, right? And not busyness, mm-hmm. because a lot of people are busy just to say they're busy. You know, and mm-hmm. just like you guys mm-hmm. are touring, you're touring making your money. You're not busyness just to say I'm doing something. And listen, right. I have no problem mm-hmm. telling you this. When I first started this project, Jay would look at me and said, Gail, you started with a song to go out. Then we have, then a, a, a initiative got started. And then I had ambassadors, and Jay and Alice came back to me, what are you doing? I said, I have no idea. I just know that everything I ever wanted to do in my life, I'm throwing into this. And Jay's like, you got us going in 10 different – Jay, did you not tell me that? We had the radio Uh show. We had this and we had that. And we were not getting paid for any of this. And she's like – and then my business partner's like, you're putting out more money than you're bringing it. I mean, it was – you know, because you need – see, what we don't realize is that you need the person who's looking out for the money. You need the person who's all about themselves. There's a need for every person on your team, okay? And – I didn't know what this was going to look like, okay? But I just mm-hmm. knew that after my mother's death, I and Jay will tell you, Jay said, I don't know how you, on the day that my mother died, I was on the radio show. Mm-hmm. And the point that I'm trying to get at is I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to right. be, you know. But what I can tell you that I did know is that I was going to make a hell of a difference in this world. And I was driven. And then I had personal challenges I was dealing with that I threw myself into work so I didn't have to deal with them. And then, you know, so I can just be super straight with you like that. Because I think all of us go through that, okay? And I'd rather Mm -hmm. tell on myself than other people, like, I'm going to use that against her or anything. So I'd rather tell on myself. But the point that I'm getting at Mm -hmm. is, I didn't know what direction is going. I definitely know the direction now. But for the mm-hmm. first four years, we were just traveling. We were doing work with the UN. You know, the UN was a big thing to me because I love culture and every. And I mean, I get, I get. You know, some people get kicks out of, you know, um, doing other things. I get a kick out of traveling, eating the food, the textures of people, everything. Yeah, and not the, love it. Um, not yes, but not the not the tourism crap. I go and live amongst mm-hmm. the people. Okay. Yeah. So, you, you know, and then Jay and Alice is like, what is she doing? But what I'm grateful <laughs> for, and I'll tell Jay this on this call right now, what I'm grateful, and I could even cry, is that Alice and Jay and my other partners in China and Sweden, all, they never gave up. They're like, this girl has got mm-hmm. something and we're moving with her. And it wasn't for the money. I can tell you that right now. So, Mm-hmm. I want to say to you that Whitney and Rye, you have a platform that you're not, and I'm saying this, 
we need to support you because there you've got words of wisdom that can come out that can make yeah. the biggest difference. And Whitney, you have a way with words that you really mm-hmm. just need to come on out with. And Ra, you have this way that is just so grounding. You guys need to bring mm-hmm. that. And I know when you know to to whom much is called, much is demanded of. But you and, and it's it's yeah. scary because the higher you go, you have more coming at you. Trust me, we all know. Yeah. But it's it's, t- it's time to go there. This is the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what is your last words of where people can find you? Um, you can find us on all social media outlets, YouTube, Periscope, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rye and Whitney, R-A-I-I-A-N-D-W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. Please feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel as we have just started our vlog called Marriage and Music where we uh, do share the behind the scenes as a married couple traveling the world, supporting major stars. And the lessons that we've learned along the way. The lessons we've learned along the way, um, simultaneously pursuing our own career as a duet, as well as training others through our company, His and Her Entertainment. Well, I have a question. We have Are you our... going to come back? Uh-huh. Are you all <laughs> coming back? Yeah. If, you, if, you, if that's an official invite. <laughs> that's an open invite. Jay, is it not an open invitation? <laughs> Yeah, we always say, are you okay, sure that you're right. sure that you're sure that you're sure that you're sure you're coming back? <laughs> Open invitation. As long as, the, as long as the schedules line up, yes, we would love to come back for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely had a blast. So I'm sorry, Whitney, you were going to say more about where other people can find you at as well? If you if you add a .com, you're at our website, ryanwhitney.com. Um, but, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, we're there. And we're ready to continue to connect and build with everybody. Okay, I'm going to add some more because they're not telling y'all, y'all. They're not telling you everything. It's his and her entertainment dot com. It's Rye and Whitney dot com. His and her entertainment is our business, and that is growing. Okay, but we also realize it's important for people to to get to know who we are. So that we can introduce okay. them to the other things that we do. You yeah, know? so it, it sounds it, good. We would prefer, yeah, we would prefer to uh, primarily have people go to RyanWhitney.com, dot com, the um, that brand, and then we introduce them to his and her entertainment and all the other layers of Ryan Whitney. Okay, so everyone, did you hear that? That's Ryan Whitney, R A I I A N D W H. I T N E Y dot com. Rye and Whitney. R A I I. Everyone. Is that correct? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. correct. I appreciate and, that. Yes. And and um, you know, you have. I we ask you to really support this couple because they are amazing. And I mean, I just like them. That's why. So um, <laughs> and Jay just likes them. So we thank you, and if we, um, we will be. Please go ahead. I'm sorry. If there are any investors listening on our website, we definitely have a donate button. If anybody wants and to share and button. a contact button to uh, send us an email and share us any opportunities they feel like we can connect with or want us to be a part of or share with, we are definitely open to that for sure. Well, you know what? I will say investors for all of us. Definitely. JayLogan.com, ListenGives.org. And I have never said that for the, what, uh, the seven years this show has been on. (laughs) 
So mm-hmm. it's all of us, J-A-E-E-L-O-G-A-N.com, listengive.org, mm-hmm. ryanwhitney.com. So that is everybody. Yes. So thank you, everyone, yes. for being here, and it has been a blast. Thank you for having us. Thank y'all for having us. We appreciate you guys for asking the type of questions that you asked and that um, although we had some of the ones we we usually get as far as, you know, how do we meet and certain things, we we appreciate the depth and the questions that you asked us to um, allow us to get outside of just being background singers or just being married and um, just to share freely the different layers of who we are. So we really appreciate interviews that are thought-provoking and allow us to really go into our journey and um, really remember where we've come from, where we are going, uh, where, where we are and where we're going. We really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, we really appreciate that you sharing that because often, I mean, Jay, I think, would have to agree, oftentimes, you know, you, can't, you have to be respectful and aware mm-hmm. of how far people will go. You know, and um, we try to respect people's privacy because this, you know, as we're even talking live right now, this is, you're opening up your life openly, publicly. So we have to be respectful and and go as far as you allow us to go, you know, because Jay and I are not journalists. We do this show strictly to inspire people. Mm -hmm. This show does not make any money. We do this to inspire Mm -hmm. people. Now, does it help us and the people mm-hmm. on it? Of course it does. But that's not why we do yeah. it. I mean, if Jay and I can tell you, there's times she's like, oh, my God, my schedule. And I'm like, oh, my God, my schedule. So sometimes we don't even get, we usually do this every week, but because of our schedules, mm-hmm. we don't sometimes, we have too much three months. And now mm-hmm. he even wants us to do it on a weekly basis. So we do our best, you know, um, but... Mm-hmm. You know, we're grateful that you were willing to be as open. Like, I didn't feel like this was a radio show, and I'm talking live. Now, I felt like I'm sitting down with two people who we're just really chilling out and talking and giving our perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know, well, we thank you, and Jay, you got to say goodbye, Jay, in San Francisco. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> See you guys again. Bye, if your schedule permits, and it's a pleasure talking and meeting with you guys. And so um, Thank just, you. Uh, I just appreciate it. All right. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right.